Hello, welcome to Ask the Pastors on the Fellowcast, and this is episode number 47 of the Fellowcast. And today we have Pastor Garth van Niekerk back again to answer the following question or the statement, but we're putting it into a question where our listener wants to know more about the third heaven. Uh, good morning, Garth, and thank you for being on Ask the Pastors yet again. It's a privilege. And today I want to s- put this question to you from one of our listeners. The question is, I want to know more about the third heaven. Okay, a brilliant question. Um, it comes from 2 Corinthians 12, 2, um, out of a passage where Paul is actually busy boasting. And I think the context there is pretty important, eh? because um, he's, he's running a hard road with this Corinthian church. They're really giving him a hard time. And he's trying to establish a claim with them that, hey, you must listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I'm an apostle of Christ. I come with some authority. Because there's some other leaders that came in there, and they all ruffled up. They don't know where they're going. So out of that context then, he um, starts boasting. He starts establishing a claim that, hey, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. And part of that claim is when he says that in the start of chapter 12 i must go on boasting although there's nothing to gain so he's he knows listen this is not actually the way to go but you've left me no choice yeah you know i'm trying to be um, humble in all i will go on to the visions and revelations from the lord so he's saying listen i got some revelations and some visions from the lord and then he's speaking about i know a man in christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven most of the commentaries and i I tend to agree with them actually think he's speaking about himself Mm. but because he knows listen i don't want to make myself something special here yeah he's putting it in a sense that i know a man Mm. um talking about himself in the third person it seems like that it seems like that as if he himself was taken up to the third heaven and then he says it twice in the rest of the passage he says listen i don't know if it was in the spirit or in the flesh but it happened Mm. you know so this is actually the only time in the scripture that it uses that term the third Third heavens so when the scripture speaks about heavens in the old and the new testament um it means different things but all of them are above Mm. like psalm 19 is the obvious one that comes to mind the heavens declare the glory of god the sky or another translation says the firmament Mm. proclaims his his handiworks day after day they pull so in the rest of that psalm it speaks about the stars and the sun going forth coming up um, like a bride out of her chamber you know Mm. beautiful language but it's clearly speaking about when I look up the stuff I actually see. But then there's other scriptures that speaks about something beyond that. Um, One of the most interesting ones is when Jacob um, has that dream. It's in Genesis 28. Mm -hmm. He's running away from home, and that night he sleeps with his head on a rock. And he has this dream. Um, And let me somehow read the words out there. It's uh, Genesis 28 verse 12. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to the heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Now that heaven is something else, because he's literally seeing, looking up, 
um, angels coming in and out as if there's a doorway open mm. in heaven. So when we actually pray, often in prayer meetings in Christian circles, there's this prayer, give us an open heaven. Mm. It's actually that kind of picture. We're not asking for the stars to make way mm. or something, you know. Um, it's something beyond the heavens. Yeah. And then there's Deuteronomy uh, when it says, to the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. So what's that? The heaven, even the highest heaven. Mm. So my interpretation, and most guys would read that as saying, to you, God, belong the stars, the clouds, the sun, everything that we see at night, all of those things, and the highest heavens referring to and everything beyond that. Mm. And normally the beyond that, like in 1 Kings 8, when um, when S- Solomon uh, anoints the temple, or inaugurates the temple, he says, uh, can the earth actually host God? I've built this house for God, but you don't stay here. No, to you belong the heavens, even the highest heavens. Mm. The same kind of concept. So the third heaven would be, um, I'm looking up and I see the heaven, the creation. Second heaven, we normally speak about as the spiritual realm. Mm. So it's not the physical things that we see, but there's a spiritual realm. And third heaven being where God is seated on his throne. Yeah. Um, so that in between that second heaven would be where the spiritual battle is taking place. Mm. Like say, for instance, when Daniel is next to the river and he's praying and the angel arrives and says, listen, since you started praying so many days ago, I've been on my way, but I've had a battle with a prince of Persia. Mm. Um, in other words, there's this principalities in what we'll call the second heaven where the battle takes place yeah. between heaven and earth. And that battle is about the earth. Now, I'd like to take this one step further because it's one thing to try and um, pull these things apart about where's heaven and where's earth. But in the New Testament, there's a changeover um, because the kingdom of heaven has come to earth. Mm. So while we may think, listen, I'd like to be like Paul. I want to go up to the third heaven. God's actually saying, where are you going? I'm coming down Mm. to you. (laughs) (laughs) Because at the end of the day, the new Jerusalem is going to come down to earth. Earth, So heaven and earth is going to be united. Mm. Um, So instead of trying to pull them apart in our mind, we must remember that, listen, heaven is coming to earth. God is establishing his kingdom here Mm. on earth. Um, So when he's going to make all things new, it's going to be the way that he intended it to be like in the garden, God walking on the earth. In Ezekiel, actually, um, is for me one of the best pictures of this heaven and earth concept because we actually see the throne of God in the first chapters of Ezekiel and um, it's on these funny wheels remember the wheels with the eyes on and the cherubim yeah. and then it moves up and down it can move in any direction so I mean that would be what Paul would say the third heaven that's where John went to in the book of Revelation mm. you know, that's the throne room of God yeah. but Later in the book, it then sketches this picture that the temple is filled with sin to such an extent. And God comes through an angel and shows Ezekiel room by room. Look, my house is filled with so much sin. And finally, I think it's around about chapter 10. um, It comes to as if God says, I cannot stay here any longer. 
I'm going to have to leave this place. And then suddenly he sees the throne of God with those cherubim and those wheels lifting up, going out of the temple. In other words, leaving the earth. But then later in the book, after God dealt with nation upon nation and showing out their sin, saying, Tyre, I'm coming to fix your sin. Mm. Egypt, I'm coming to fix your sin. Sidon and all of you guys, I'm coming to fix your sin. At the end of the book, when he's dealt with all of that and with Jerusalem's sin, then the throne of God is reestablished on the earth. Mm. It comes back into the house of God and the glory of God fills it again. And I think if you read the book of Ezekiel like that, I think it's a picture of what God has done through all creation. In, in the garden, God is in the garden. Where's the throne of God? We don't see it over there, but God himself is there, mm. right? The king is walking in the garden with mankind, and then sin comes in, and the glory of God leaves the garden, in a sense, because the earth is being filled with so much sin that in Noah's time, God says, listen, there's no one more righteous. <laughs> God cannot dwell, dwell where sin is. But the gospel is that God came and dealt with sin, so that the throne of God can come down. Uh, a long answer to a short question, eh? Uh, very comprehensive, let's put it that <laughs> way. Okay. But I think you do the, the thing that you mentioned that makes the difference is if there's a mention of a third heaven, there must be a first and a second. Yes. Which is, I think, makes it clear that how you've explained it, the first is kind of the realm that we find ourselves in physically looking yes. at the stars in the sky. I'm just summarizing. Mm. And secondly, you know, the spiritual realm, almost like what Elijah's servant saw or Elisha's servant when he there we the go. chariots yeah. of fire that battle. And mm. as you explained in Daniel, and then third heaven is God's manifest presence. Yes. And and for me, in many ways, I, I read that or, or what Paul speaks about, whether it was him or whoever. Yeah. It, it's he had an encounter with God a manifest encounter with God, so yes. to speak. And he says, whether it was in the in the body or in the spirit, I don't know, yeah. but I had, it happened. And I think, yeah, that's that's the, the basis of it. The kingdom of heaven is, when Jesus comes, he says, it's come near. Yes. It has come near. So it's not as much about place as it is about experience, there we so, go. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. No, very well summarized. Eh? Thank you, Garth, for giving us that answer. Really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this uh, episode of Ask the Pastors with Pastor Garth van Niekerk and you have questions like these you would want answered, please feel free to fill out a slip in the foyer, pop it into the box, the Ask the Pastors box, or you can even send me an email at valdu at thefellowship.co.za and we would be happy to get your question answered as soon as possible. Until next time, bye-bye.